Welcome to another place and time Where one day you'll be dead or you'll survive Hello everybody, this is Dead or Survive and I am your host, Rob Riches. I'm your other host, Cheryl Riches. And here we go again. No, I'm saying here we go. Oh, see, I'm never <laughs> sure when you say stuff like that. You're like, here we go again. Like, oh, good. Everything's broke again. He thought we had technical difficulties. No, he... I'm saying like, we're going to record again. Here we go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> so how's your week been? Well, it was a pretty good week. We had some friends over. Yeah, was... you lost at every game we played. Every game. No. Is it? Did you we... lost at everything. No. Once again, the males were triumphant over the... Did we wives. lose every game? I think you won Pictionary. Yes. But I think did. it was a buzzard beater. I think you guys barely won it. We won Pictionary. Wasn't it, wasn't it a come from behind? Like we were like, we came back from half of the board. But you still didn't win. We won. How did Euchre end? So <laughs> like tell that story? Um, I you I feel like you don't have to. I think you should tell it. I think you would tell it so well. <laughs> no, because the way you freaked out last night, screaming and hollering at your poor partner. Well, because okay, why would she put that on us? <laughs> it's like she put it out into the universe. She goes, so we were four ahead, and she goes, oh, so now they're gonna get a point, or no, you were, we were five ahead. That's right. And she goes, oh, so now they're gonna get a point, and then they're gonna get a lone hand, and that's exactly what happened. And the lone hand that he got, it was like a lay down lone hand. There was no, it, it was like it was set up. It's like the universe was against me. The universe was against you. <laughs> now let's tell him why the universe was against you. Why? Because you sat there making fun of us and talking trash like you always do. Well, we were five ahead. <laughs> <laughs> how'd that work out <laughs> and then we played another game called sequence <laughs> yeah. yeah you won that once out of the 10 games i think we played we played three we played enough that you packed it up and said we're not playing anymore and switch games because you were losing <laughs> over and over again and the thing is you always blame leah but she always blames me so it's but, it's fair it's fair okay but i have played with you and lost our other friends have played with you. Every time somebody plays with you, they lose. That's not true. I'm just, I'm just saying. <laughs> you, you might want to take a look in the mirror. I think I'm going to have to edit this. <laughs> Games just might not be your forte, honey. But I have fun. You do have fun. <laughs> Work sucked this week. Yeah, it did. I hated it. I hate day shift. I really hate day shift. I hate when I got leave, left alone. Yeah. All, All alone. alone. I had to play the violin for him. There was no manager, no group leaders. I had to run everything and make decisions, and I'm not qualified to make decisions. Well, I guess you are because you did. Oh, so glad it's over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there was some poor decisions made. <laughs> At the end of the day, the product got out and nobody got hurt. So that's I always call that a win. Yep, that's true. As long as my team members don't get hurt and we're pushing product, I'm good. And now we get to do it all over again. Tomorrow. Yeah, but now I got help. <laughs> and I'm on afternoons. <laughs> so I don't have to deal with all the smart people. 
Yeah. That's the other thing I hate about day shift. They have all the smart people there. Anyways, I'm sure they don't care. Oh. <laughs> so I can't use this as a source of whining? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> somebody out there cares. Please tell me somebody out there cares. <laughs> I'm sure you had rough days. I care about your rough days. <laughs> I think they want to hear some stories. I think that's what they're here for. Stories. I was telling them stories about my work day. I, I, I think they want to hear stories that they care about. Oh, so you want me to go first? Hey, now. <laughs> care about my stories. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes. We'll let you believe that. It's true. Do you have a story? I do. Do you have a drink? I, yep, I have one of the garage beers. Oh, that's right. You broke into my garage again. <laughs> Thief. <sighs> I'm putting a new lock on that. I wonder how many times during this podcast I threatened to put a new lock on that garage and still haven't done it. Yeah, because I'd still I'd I'd find a way in. Probably go break through the wall or something. <laughs> Kool Aid man. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Great. All right. Okay. Let's hear a story about Ricky. Ricky, I've been calling. His name is Ricky McGee. And I've been calling everybody McGee this week, like Parker. <laughs> I thought you'd catch on. It was just coming out. I'd be like, Parker McGee. And everybody was McGee. Anyways, doesn't matter. I pay attention to you about as much as you pay attention to my haircuts. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you about Ricky. Ricky was born in 1971 in Gippsland, Australia. I didn't get to say let it rip potato chip. Say it. Let it rip potato chip. Okay. I'm not going to start again. He had a happy childhood, living with his mom and dad on a small farm, so nothing remarkable, just a happy kid, until the family decided to move to Melbourne. I think that's how they say it. Isn't it Melbourne? It's Melbourne, but I think they say Melbourne. Uh Pretty sure. Anyways. I have have friends in Australia, I'll ask them. Okay, tell me if I'm saying it right or wrong. Melbourne didn't go so well. Ricky's parents started to fight a lot, and things got bad enough that his dad moved out and his parents got a divorce whoa what the hell happened from happy little farm uh, melbourne must have been rough i don't know anyways his dad didn't cope well with the divorce and he became depressed and he ended up committing suicide so very oh, sad that sucks yeah which of course had terrible impacts on ricky so ricky he must have been like in his late teens it didn't say how old he was when it when all of this happened but he started trying to pick up all kinds of different jobs to try and support him and his mother he worked as a carpet salesman a prawn fisherman a bouncer and an electrician and he eventually became a bounty hunter like dog like dog so i don't know if you've like picked up on the kind of guy that ricky is here but by his job list but it's like if you picture, you know, like a tip, the typical bikers in the movies, how they make them seem. That was Ricky. In a typical biker selling carpet? Well, other than that. <laughs> so he was a big guy, rough around the edges. He was six foot three, 230 pounds. He was like, you know. The so he's just little. <laughs> Compared to you, yeah, he's just little. He was, you know, he'd go out partying, he smoked cigarettes, he got into bar fights. He's that guy. And I think probably a lot of that is because... Of yeah, the- but has he been banned from Costco? <laughs> you were at Costco today. You haven't been banned. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. But they wanted to. 
anyways, I think a lot of that's probably because of the trauma of losing his father to suicide. However, I'm just like filling in the blanks. Speculating. Yeah. When Ricky got the bounder hunter job, he moved to Perth. And in Perth, he had one of his bar fights, but this time he was arrested. And while he was being arrested, the police found drugs on him. And he was charged with drug possession and ended up spending a couple of years in prison. So I don't know if he had a lot of drugs on him or if Australia, Australia is just really harsh on them. I'm not sure. Really harsh. <laughs> Um, when he got out of prison, he moved to Queensland, Australia. He's all over the place. That's good. It's nice to travel. Yeah. In January of 2006, when Ricky was 35 years old, he was offered a job in a government department in Port Hedland, which is in Western Australia. So he was arrested for drugs and then gets a government job? Yeah, I was surprised at that too. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. Anyways, he accepted the offer, but that meant that he had to drive clear across the country through the outback to get to Port Hedland. Well, that's not a problem. The drive would be... Mick Dundee does it all the time. <laughs> the drive would be more than 5,000 kilometers. How many people are listening to this that is going to actually know who Mick Dundee is? I do. I think most of our listeners are like of the age that they would know who he is. Are you saying our listeners are old? I'm not old. I know who he is. You're so old. <laughs> Don't you say that. So old. <laughs> Okay, 5,000 kilometers. He figured it would take about 55 hours of driving to get there through deserts of the outback. Oh, you must not be riding with your parents. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, my mom, my mom would be there in 50 hours. My dad would be 65, I think. Okay, let's take a second here to talk about the Australian outback. I didn't, I knew it was big. I just don't think I knew how big it was. Like, I didn't quite wrap my head around how big it is. You've never gone on a walkabout? You either haven't. You haven't either. How do you know? Because you've never been to Australia. How do you know? Because I know. You don't know nothing about me. Mm -hmm. Okay. There are several different deserts located in the outback. I it's, knew that. It's It takes up 70% of the country. I knew that. Um, the one desert that we're going to talk about today is the Tahini Desert. And the Tahini is so big that, the, and this is only one of the deserts in the outback, that you could fit Italy, Switzerland, and Germany inside of it. I knew that. You didn't. Stop saying that. <laughs> they have built a fence across the outback to keep dingoes away from the farmer's herds. Yep. And, and, and kangaroos. And camels. They, camels aren't even native to Australia, but they're like taking over the country. Apparently it's a big problem. There's over a million camels or something. I knew that. Anyways. The, the... I knew that from one of my stories. Oh, did you? Oh yeah. You did talk about that. That's right. I knew I'd heard it before. But... Yeah. I know things. Okay. Anyways, this fence stretches 5,614 kilometers. Only the great wall of China is longer. I knew that too. Okay. There is a cattle ranch inside the outback called Anna Creek Station. It's the largest cattle ranch in the world, and it's 6 million acres. I didn't know that. Yeah. it's This cattle ranch is about the size of Belgium. Like, so it's like Yellowstone in Australia. Yeah. It's slightly bigger than Israel. Jesus. Yeah. So it's really, really big, and it's really, really empty. 
In the Northern Territory, that's where we're going today, there's only 0.16 people per square kilometer. They should do a Yellowstone down there now. Yellowstone, Australia. I bet you they could. Like, and things would be out to kill you as well, right? Yeah, on top of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you wouldn't need a Beth McDonough because you'd have snakes and tarantulas yeah. and platypuses and... Yeah, okay. So anyways, this is what Ricky's going to have to drive through to get to his destination. But he's driving. And although it's a desert, there is a wet season. And they actually get quite a bit of rain in the wet season. Did you know so, that they have fish that'll bury themselves under the ground yeah, when the wet season? Oh, okay. Yeah, and then they come back out when it all comes back. Anyways, um, when he let okay, so knowing that it's at the end of the wet season when he left, and that they actually get rain in the wet season, it's an important part of the story. So here we are. Ricky is in his 2001 Mitsubishi Challenger, packed with all his stuff, driving along the. Buntine Highway, Butine Highway, which is called a highway, but mm, is it? Parts of this highway are just a red dirt road. Is it like Highway (laughs) 3? I think it's worse than Highway 3. Oh. Yeah. Um, So Ricky has all his stuff in the back, and he's even set up a little fridge so that he can keep drinks and snacks in it for on the road. And he was ready to do this thing. He'd been driving for a few hours when he noticed that there was a car ahead. It looked like somebody might be having some kind of a problem, so he pulled over. Oh. Yeah. But I know you don't do it, but there's people stranded in the desert. Like, what do you do? And he's a big guy. Yeah, I suppose. Okay. So he rolled down the window and asked if they were okay. And they said that they had run out of gas. Ricky didn't have room in his car for everybody since it was packed with all of his stuff, but their passenger seat was empty. So he offered to drive one of them to the gas station and then bring him back to the car. And the men were all super grateful, and one of them got into the car with Ricky, and they were off. Ricky offered the man a drink, which he accepted, and, you know, they had some, like, small talk and joking around and did the whole meeting strangers situation. And after a bit, the passenger offered to grab Ricky another drink from the fridge in the in the back of the car. And that's when he pulled out the gun. No, no gun. Well, this is a boring story. <laughs> Ricky said, yeah, that'd be great. Sure. So the passenger grabbed a drink and opened it up and handed it to Ricky. And within minutes, Ricky started feeling really tired. Really? He drugged him? Yep. He boring. Him. He couldn't keep his eyes open. His thoughts started to get jumbled, and his vision began to blur. Oh, he was sitting beside you. Oh, you're so funny. Listening to your conversations. (laughs) Shut your face. Oh, boy. (laughs) Ricky realized that he had been drugged. You spoiled that anyways. (laughs) I spoiled it. Because you don't think our listeners were smart enough to figure that out. Is that what you're saying? No. No, I'm not saying that at all. That's how it sounded. I probably got there before you did. <laughs> so now you're saying I'm slow. Can you listen to my story? You stop insulting all of us. <laughs> okay. When he, um, Ricky realized he's drugged, he's probably looking over at his passenger like, what the hell, man? And the passenger grabbed the steering wheel. Ricky tried to fight him off by jolting the wheel in the opposite direction. There was a bit of a struggle between the two of them, and the car ran off the road. And then Ricky passed out. When he woke up again, the sun was was setting. It had been hours. 
He had no idea where he was or what happened. What he did know is that he was now in the passenger seat instead of the driver's seat, and he could hear the sound of voices nearby. It sounded like they were going through all of Ricky's stuff in the trunk. So Ricky slid himself over into the driver's seat, and he started to take off. His tires spun in the dirt, and one of the men jumped onto the car and started swinging in the window. Ricky swerved and hit the gas, trying to get the guy off his car. The glass of the back window shattered, and the man broke through the back back window of the car, and then he started punching Ricky in the head. So as he's getting punched in the head, he veered off of the road. Stuff started flying everywhere inside the car as it went over, like, big rocks and stuff, and the car landed at the bottom of a ravine. When Ricky pressed the gas again, the tires only spun, so it must have been caught up on something. And then he passed out again. He was in and out of consciousness for the next few hours. When he did wake up, there were four men around him, and he figured out what was going on. So I guess in remote areas of the outback... Pirates. Basically, pirates, yeah. Wasn't there a place that we were looking at driving? This is why it's... It was called Darien Forest or something. Yeah, that was in... um, Panama? South America. Yeah, Panama. Yeah. The Darien Forest. And they say, like, be very... Oh, I should try to find a story from there. But there's gorillas that that, uh, will rob you and take you hostage and all kinds of bad things. Like gorillas, gorillas, or? No, like G-U-E. Oh, I'm like, that just got really wild. (laughs) You know what? I think I should, like, smoke pot and listen to your stories. I think they so much more interesting (laughs) you're such a jerk okay remote areas of the outback there's people who will set up cons like this to steal passports that's what they really want is passports and money and whatever else they can get their hands on so ricky was trying to do a good deed picking up these people trying to help them but ended up being a victim of one of these cons when he did wake up again it was dark there was something heavy on top of him He started feeling around and realized that he was wrapped inside of a tarp and covered in dirt. Your favorite thing. Oh, Jesus. Do you just pick these on purpose now? (laughs) Is that what you do? You just type in buried alive stories? No, but once I saw it, I was like, oh, I got to do this. Of course you do. (laughs) He could hear the sound of dogs whining and digging. So, yeah, he was buried alive. And the dingoes smelled him down there and they were hoping for dinner. Well, hopefully they helped him get out. (laughs) Ricky, actually, he figures the only reason that he woke up is because the dogs were digging and waking him up because he, like, there wasn't much air down there and he was drugged and he thought he probably would have just slept until he died if the, if the dingoes hadn't come over. So they did help. Anyways, he knows there's dingoes trying to eat him. So he starts yelling and flailing around and the dingoes took off. He was able to get out of the tarp and back above ground, but it was like, it took all of his power to get back out. And he looked around and he was left with nothing. No water, no shoes even. They took his shoes. All he had was his shirt, his shorts, and his car keys in his pockets. And they left him $12.30 in his pocket. Um, Well, that was a mistake. (laughs) What's he going to do with it? Hey, (laughs) Dwayne Johnson started a whole thing off seven bucks i'm sure he didn't do it in the middle of the seven bucks (laughs) okay he saw a small hill in the distance 
he decided to try and get to it to see, you know, get to the top and see if there's anything that he can see anywhere. Maybe a road or his car or something. But he was barefoot and he felt like garbage. He had been in two car accidents and punched in the head plus buried alive today. So he got to the... What a whiner. (laughs) So he got to the top of the hill and looked around, but the only thing he could see in every direction was desert. Miles and miles of nothing. And it's probably cold boat now, right? Yeah, at night it, it did get cold, yeah. He didn't know what to do, so he walked. He just picked a direction and he started walking. He walked for hours in the scorching sun with no water. It was like 38 degrees Celsius. He was desperate for water, so he drank his own urine. But he was hopeful to find water um, because it was the end of wet season, so rain was possible. And during wet season, there are watering holes and even even rivers in this desert. They dry up in the dry season, but it wasn't that time yet, so he just had to find one. That night, Ricky made a a makeshift shelter out of some branches and brush and slept in it. Now, here's a question for you. Do they have cactuses out there? They have vegetation. I don't know if there's cactuses or not. Just because, you know, cactuses, you can get water out of them. Yeah. It didn't say anything about cactuses. But I imagine it's a desert. I don't know. I don't know either. This is why people that do uh, extensive research on their stories. Well, those people can have other podcasts. (laughs) Successful ones. (laughs) Those other people that do research and really get the story nailed right down, they get listeners. Um, so the next day, he did the same thing, wandering around without water and sleeping in a makeshift shelter. The following day, he found a river. Thank God, because you can only go three days without water. Well, he dived in and he drank water and just floated around. He didn't want to leave his water source, but he thought that the river might lead somewhere. So he just laid back in the river and went with the current and floated for hours. Well, at least he's conserving energy. Yeah, and protecting his feet that are getting chewed up. And walking across hot sand, right? Like it's 38 degrees and he's on sand, not to mention all the rocks and everything in there. Yep. That would suck. Um, A few hours of floating later, Ricky saw a road. So he jumped out of the river and started walking along the road. And after following it for a while, Ricky came across a huge cattle ranch. This one wasn't six million uh, what so was this it? was six million acres. So this is the six six six. It was like two thousand kilometers. It's big. It's big. Yeah, this part of the ranch wasn't used during the wet season though, because the roads here would get so bad during the wet season that, like, if you tried to get out there, you'd get stuck. So it just got abandoned until dry season returned. Ricky found a tree for some shade and sat under it. He spent the next couple of days passing out from exhaustion and lack of food. It had been six days at this point with no food. While he was sitting there, a small lizard scurried by, so he smashed it with a rock. And then he set it out to the sun to bake a little bit, and then he did his best to peel off its skin and eat it. Nom, nom, nom. Yeah, sounds delicious. But he had to leave the ranch because there was no water there, so he started walking again. He walked another 25 kilometers. I suppose there was nothing at the ranch that he could put on for shoes or anything, eh? No. It was probably just fences, and that's how he knew that it was a ranch. Like, you know, marked out fences or whatever. Um, 
while he was walking, he would sometimes pass out and wake to wake up to find himself like actually being cooked by the sun. I wrote he probably smelled delicious to himself, but that's that's why. What is wrong with you? He's, well, he's hungry and he's like smelling like cooking. I don't know. I have a sick sense of humor. Oh my god. <sighs> Anyways, I apologize, people. I really do. <laughs> After walking the 25 kilometers, he found water again. He dug a hole into the side of the embankment, and he stayed in it for a few days. He started eating bugs. He ate caterpillars, grasshoppers, and cockroaches. So just like the new menu that Justin Trudeau is yeah. pushing on us, right? Yeah. Get used to it. He's... Get used to it, people. <laughs> he also ate frogs and leeches that he found in the water. He said he had to eat the leeches really fast or they would suck onto the inside of his mouth. Oh, I see. I don't think it... Oh, leeches. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, that's bad. He said it, t- it tasted like raw meat. Oh, well, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. Like raw bloody meat, though. Like, <sighs> yeah. Um, he started eating plants. He had no idea which ones were poisonous, so he ate the ones that he thought tasted good. So that's how he figured, like, if it tasted gross, he'd spit it out. If it tasted good, on onward and upward. So he got really lucky because none of the plants killed him or gave him like diarrhea, which he could not probably handle at this point, right? Yeah, because I'd dehydrate him real yeah. quick. Um, but no matter how many creepy crawlies and potentially poisonous plants he ate, the weight just kept falling off of him. He could see every day that more and more of his bones started sticking out. But he stayed at this water source for six weeks. Except he was literally wasting away to nothing. I'll post a picture of him on social media. It's crazy. It's like, it's he look, actually looks like he's a skeleton that's just got like some skin on top. It's crazy. Wow. Um, he knew that if he stayed there, he would die. So he started to walk again. He was stumbling along, starving, dehydrated. And his feet were torn apart and he found more water. He wasn't able to walk the last 500 meters to get there, so he crawled. And it turns out that it was a small dam, and it was close to a road. He found a small hole in the dam, like a little inset. And it was covered with a metal sheet that was big enough for him to crawl inside and stay sheltered from the sun. So it was obviously put there by somebody sometime, right? There are people present. He spent the next few days going, doing the old eating the gross things and sleeping. He just slept and slept and slept a lot because that's all his body could do at this point. At one point, he developed an abscessed tooth. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's not good. Ricky knew that it could kill him in the state that his body was in, so he pried his tooth out with his car keys. Uh, yeah. That's like castaway where yeah, you had to smash them. yeah. He was pretty sure that he was dying, so he took two sticks and made a cross above his shelter and made his own grave. There was also a pack of dingoes hanging around and waiting for him to die or get weak enough to attack. When he was in his little shelter, they couldn't get to him behind the sheet metal, but he was worried every time he came out that they were going to come after him. On his 71st day, Ricky heard a car. He ran out of his shelter as quickly as he could and raced towards the road. He flagged down the car. Inside were two farmhands, which which are called jackaroos in Australia, which I love. I, I like jackaroo. Jackaroo. 
Uh, when they got to him, they could hardly believe that this guy was still alive. When he went into the desert, I told you he weighed 230 pounds. And that day that they found him, he weighed 99 pounds. Forget Jenny Craig. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Ricky was so happy to see these men that he just kept touching them to assure himself that they were real. The men loaded him into their truck and drove him to the nearest hospital. He spent three weeks recovering in the hospital. And then there was the usual media frenzy and lots of people questioned the truth of how he got there. Authorities didn't actually believe a lot of his story. Uh, to be fair, the way that it happened changed. The, like His story changed a lot, but I'm going with the one that's like the one version that is mostly heard. But he did say at one point that it was one Aboriginal guy. I don't know why. I don't know why the story changed. I don't know, maybe because he was drugged and dehydrated <laughs> yeah. and dragged across the desert and his memory might be a little shaky. Right, yeah. That's kind of what I thought too. And if you look at the pictures of this guy, you know he was out there for a really long time. Nobody would do this to themselves. I'll put it on social media. It's crazy. Um, the hospital had to slowly reintroduce him to food. So that would also suck, I think. He just wants, he's been in the desert for 71 days dreaming of food. And it's like, here, have an IV full of whatever instead. Yeah. I'm sure if they're putting that into him, it's filling his stomach. Yeah. Up. Like it's making him, but yeah, if you do it too fast, right? You can just yeah. make him sick. Um, but the hospital did say that he was very well hydrated, which is probably what kept him alive because he just kept drinking water and drinking water, probably because it helped fill his stomach and make it feel a little better too, right? Yeah, take the hunger pains away. Yeah. Ricky ended up writing a book called Left for Dead, which tells the whole story of his survival. And he moved to Dubai to work in construction. They didn't hold a job for him, the government job? I don't know if he got a better offer. I don't know what happened, but I do know. I mean, it's Dubai. They're probably paying him well. Yeah. And then closer to another desert. So anyway. <laughs> yeah. But the people who did this and his car were never found. Really? Yeah. So they got away with it. That sucks. Yeah. You have the worst stories. <laughs> I mean, he survived and he wrote a book. Did he make millions from the book? I don't know. Probably. What do you know? I know that I have a sarcastic husband. What? <laughs> You're an amazing husband. <laughs> He's also sarcastic. Nope. Not sarcastic <laughs> at all. He says sarcastically. I did not say sarcastically. <laughs> That's it? That's your whole story? That's my whole story, yeah. You're supposed to do the majority of the work for this podcast. That's Ricky McGee. Ricky McGee. Me, me and Ricky McGee. Are you breaking into song right now? But I didn't sing it. Oh, boy. <laughs> what was that one that was a, a poem that they had? Was that McGee? Sam McGee? And he dies up in the... And he... Oh... I think it, vaguely the back of my memory is tickling something, but I don't know. Oh, I wish I knew. But it was something about him getting cold, and he was always cold, and he just wished, and then they, I don't know. Yeah. There's a whole poem about it, though. I guess that that's your uh, contribution to the podcast this week. It's my turn now. That is true. It is your turn. Here I go again, carrying the weight of it all. <laughs> March 2001, Ohio. Okay. Lake Erie claimed three more victims oh it is a rough it is a very rough 
lake. They were just hoping to catch a few fish. How were they catching fish? Well, they were going out onto the frozen lake that hadn't been frozen in three years. Oh, no. People, don't do that. Ice fishing is such a bad idea. Why? It's not fun. Fishing sucks. <laughs> Sitting in the cold sucks. So the, not only this, so these guys, they so these men had been driving, there was three of them, had been driving on thin sheets of ice surrounded by open patches of water. What the hell? So you're like they're saying, well, maybe it was poor visibility, there was some snow. There is open patches of water. If it's poor visibility, don't go out on the lake. How about this? And especially when the lake they said they have the so the police say that they have um warnings constantly about this lake not freezing anymore please stay off it very thin blah 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 so anyways they were going out there and suddenly to no one's surprise uh the all-terrain vehicle plunged through the ice uh hours later divers rescued the bodies from 10 feet of 30 minus 34 degree weather water yeah every year they put it can't have been that cold or it would have been frozen 34 oh maybe it's well i don't know it's 34 and then it had a minus sign behind it but maybe it's just 34 degree weather anyways cold cold but every year people go through that lake with their snowmobiles or their quads or something every year and people still do it i don't like why stop it stop it uh in january um so this happened in march in january there was a bunch of angler anglers yeah, anglers. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm just making sure I'm reading the article properly. Oh. They were also rescued from a patch of ice that broke away from the shore. That was it. They were on a little iceberg. <laughs> yeah, so it broke away and was floating away. So this has been happening for like a long time. And not only, so the sheriff said, while they were taking three people in body bags off this lake, more people were driving past them to go out. And they kept telling them, don't go out, don't go out. And they just went, ah, and they kept going. So I'll have a bunch more Darwin stories from Ohio. Yeah. People are being taken out in body bags, and they're still going. Yeah. At uh, what that, point do you go? Oh, maybe all I we know, can go out onto the ice. All I know is this means that this podcast can go on for years. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll never run out of stories. That's right. Well, maybe survival. People keep surviving. I need stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might have to change our whole format. <laughs> so, how about we take you over to Tokyo now? Okay, I want to go to Tokyo. November 2nd, 1999. Platform shoes. They were the must-have fashion accessory for young Japanese, yes, I, I guess, guess yeah. Japanese woman, and have already, um, oh, see, now you got me all confused again. So the first victim was a 25-year-old nursery school teacher. She died in her car after suffering a skull fracture from a fatal fall uh, on her 13-centimeter platform sandals. Oh, my God. So earlier that day, she had tripped, fallen, smashed her head, and then... Earlier that day? And yeah. she just kept carrying on? Just kept carrying on, but it must have had some kind of a concussion or something going on. Got into her car and to drive home and then just passed out and had a car accident and died there, too. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. That sucks a lot. Uh, another driver, a 25-year-old office worker, was unable to hit the brakes when she got into a car accident yeah. and killed herself because the eight-centimeter heels that she was wearing I got could in the see, way. I could totally see that happening. Even with just regular heels on, if you're driving, it gets in the way. Like, if you have a huge platform on them, I could see that being a problem. So they're saying that some of these soles of these shoes reached as high as 30 centimeters. Wow. 
Yeah. That's a foot. That's a foot up in the air. Well, I guess. It's like, you're, you're just asking to break your ankle. <laughs> at the very least, die at the most, I guess. Well, one must suffer to be beautiful, baby. <laughs> but fashion does kill. And they're a foot taller, I guess. Well, not everybody, you know, you guys, are, you guys all got little syndrome yeah, or something. We're just I don't not know. all giants like you. Yeah, but so what? I'm not falling and smashing my head and stuff. That's just, because you're not wearing shoes to make yourself a giant. I don't you're have just... to be. That's what I'm saying. Why do you guys have to try to be tall? I don't get it. Put a stool in the kitchen. I get your stuff up there. I'm not saying you do, but a lot of people do. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. People are obsessed with being things they're not. I have no answer. No. <laughs> well. Here's my last one. Okay. And this is staying in the uh, 1999. Okay. And there's uh, there's some confirmed and some disputed ones on this. As in what? Well, first I'm going to tell you the story. Okay. So a man in a diabetic shock swerved off route number two in Lincoln, Massachusetts. His car plowed through a telephone pole and impacted a tree where it burst into flames. The tree burst into flames? The car. <laughs> okay. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I pictured the tree going up like a matchstick. So well, the whole, her husband might be sarcastic, but look what I have to live with. I yeah, the tree. It was one of those. It was one of those gas flame trees that he just hit, and it just poof. The whole tree went up. Maybe it was a very dry summer. You don't very know. dry summer. You don't know. It was August, so maybe maybe it was a very dry summer. The tree exploded. <laughs> Onlookers went to help him but they took him for dead because of the tree because of the tree exploding yeah, I, yeah like once a tree explodes <laughs> all bets are off because of his car being on fire <laughs> yes but to their amazement shocked he walked away from the crash unhurt oh wow good for him but then he died somehow or this wouldn't be in here so however he looked back and noticed that his car was on fire, not the tree, his car. Mm -hmm. And he tried to pull it out. And when he did, he electrocuted himself on one of the high voltage power lines that had fallen when he hit the telephone pole. He must have been in <laughs> shock. There's no other reason for somebody. So to it's funny that you say that. So this was confirmed um, in the Lincoln Journal that this actually happened and stuff. But it's being disputed by protests saying that the man was suffering from hypoglycemia. Hypoglycemia. Yeah, hypoglycemia, thank you. And did not know what he was doing, so therefore it shouldn't be considered a Darwin Award. Yeah, or he crashed into something and he got out and he's in a daze because that's what happens. Right. But where's the onlookers? These onlookers are there. They see him yeah. come out. So why wouldn't they run over, help him, and sit him down or something? No, they're going to let him walk back to his car. Like, I, I don't, I don't know. know. I don't they get it. absolutely should have. So, yeah, it kind of... Uh, I kind of see how it maybe it shouldn't be a Darwin. It, it's one of those things, but it's right? Still but something happened dumb and somebody yeah. died. So, anyways, you can debate that one. Yeah. I'm going to um, go with the poor guy was in shock. That's what I'm going with. Okay. You know what? I'm going to give you one more. Okay. 1999. Mm -hmm. 99 was, was a good year for Darwin's. <laughs> hey? So, all Johnny wanted to do was make a few bucks by selling some stolen scrap metal. So he sneaked into a demolition site and surveyed the area and valuable hunks of debris. His eyes fastened upon what appeared to be a three-inch thick copper pipe 
and that would fetch a fine Ooh, fee. Yeah, copper. That's all the money. But it was too heavy for him to bulge, to budget. Sorry, to bulge. <laughs> Look at that. I've been sitting beside you too long. <laughs> he hauled out a few lesser chunks of the metal away, and when he returned, he returned with sturdy bolt cutters. It was then, when he attempted to sever the pipe, that he was shocked to discover that it was actually an aluminum cable carrying 11,000 volts of power. How did he mistake aluminum for copper? I don't know. He's not that smart, apparently. This is why he's in the Darwin Awards. Oh, no. Yeah. That's not good. No, the 11,000 volts went through him and he became a crispy cream. Oh, yeah, not good at all. Nope. Don't so, steal. Don't steal. Just in general. But and also, if you're going to, know what the hell you're doing when you steal shit. Every time you tell one of the, like, remember that one you told me about where the guy went in and, like, cut, he wanted to steal from the I-beams and... He cut the beams away and the and the building and the fell on his head. Fell on him like don't steal that stuff. Or learn. Or yeah. learn. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, this might hold. This might be structural. Maybe we shouldn't <laughs> yeah. cut this. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. You know, and the problem is, in today's world, it's only going to get worse and worse because more people are out there stealing. More people are doing because yeah. they they're trying to survive. Yeah, and it's getting, getting scary. Desperate. Grocery prices are going through the roof. Rent. Everything. Rent is going through. The, it's yeah. So it's yeah. gonna get scary. Yeah. And Canada is on the verge of a recession. Yeah. It's not good. Not good at all. Nothing that we can solve right here, right now. But just like, don't steal. No. <laughs> don't do stupid things. You're if it's gonna kill you, it's not worth it. No, definitely not. I mean, even if things are getting rough, try to use a food bank, call people, yeah. do something, find a friend, somebody will help you out. I'm sure there's agencies out there. Yeah. Try to do something else. And if you have to steal, please don't get hurt or don't hurt anybody else. Yeah, that is all. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that, I guess that's the end of our stories and everything. Is, so again, yeah. if you want to write in with any stories, you want to give us any comments, anything like that, you can always do that or at... If you, if you, um, read something that you think would be a good story, you could even send us a link to the story at debtorsurvivepodcast at gmail.com. And you can always click like and follow us on any platform that you follow podcasts yeah, on. Check for the pictures of Ricky McGee. You're going to be amazed. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. all that good stuff. So Hopefully you get time to do all that, and uh, we appreciate it. Every uh, every time you guys help out or put a little comment there, helps move us up into the uh, podcast world a little bit better, and we appreciate it. Yes, we certainly do. Okay, so now it's time for your favorite moment of the podcast. Oh, the cat's already singing. And the cat's already upset. You just heard meowing. The cat is ready for it, too. He's so excited. Everybody in the house gets excited at this point in time. Why did Jupiter break up with pluto because it didn't put a ring on it you just needed a little space oh mine was so much better <laughs> jupiter has its own rings it doesn't need from pluto saturn has rings jupiter does too maybe maybe not i don't I'm know i'm pretty sure it's got rings big <laughs> red not, dot i'm not gonna debate because i don't know that's right you don't know Ladies and gentlemen, that is our podcast. That is Dead or Survive. We hope you enjoyed. We hope you laughed. We hope you cried. And we hope you come back next week. Bye. Bye.